E-commerce is typically seen as a way to grow sales and get closer to the customer. But there's actually a key benefit to selling online that most people don't think about, and it actually applies to in-store sales as well. On today's show, we bring on a manufacturer whose e-commerce strategy is largely tied to learning what new products perform well that they can then bring to actual brick and mortar stores. It's a really interesting strategy that I'm excited to share with you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. All right, everybody, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, and we have an awesome show lined up for you today. We're going to be talking about how you can be using e-commerce as a test market. A lot of people want a bigger share of the online sales pie, but thinking about e-commerce from the standpoint of how you can create a proving ground for your dealers as well as your partners to figure out what's going to work well is a really uncommon strategy, which is why I'm excited to have Gus Hufftailing on the show with us today. He's the director of sales at Renan. Welcome to the show, Gus. Hi, it's great to be on. So Gus, I think this is a fascinating topic. And before we dive in and talk about you know Renan's e-commerce strategy and how you're leveraging that from a sales and product proving ground, for our listeners, maybe you can just start with sharing a little bit how you got into the industry and then what your role looks like at Renan. Yeah. Well, I've been in build materials industry for over, you know, 25 years, you know, started many years ago going to school as a part-time employee at Home Depot as a way to make some extra money and got absorbed into it. It was back in the heyday of the, you know, early mid nineties when Home Depot started opening, you know, a couple stores a week and was, you know, really blown up and worked my way up through various positions into their corporate office. I spent a lot of years in their operations, merchandising a little over five years ago, left to the supplier side. Do you like that? Do you like, do you like making the switch? I do. I like to talk to some of my old peers. It's a different level of stress. Um, but it's less. Is it a higher um, level? Is it a higher level or a lower level of stress? It's a little bit lower level because I, you know, I know they'll still call and and get on me. But you know, Home Depot and in that environment, you know, the doors got to open every day, mm-hmm. and so there's always something. You got to make sure that kind of had our sundown rule. You know, had to get things done every day so that the stores were opening the next day and successful. And with what we're doing now, it's more strategic and. A little bit longer term, we still have day to day, but allowed me to, you know, because most of what I do now is can be done remotely and able to move closer to some family and and still stay in the industry because I, you know, I enjoy it a lot. I love what I do, but it's been really nice to step back and get on this creative side that I call a little bit of, you know, growing business in, you know, in a sector, you know, went into doors, have been selling here lately, you know, with commodity doors from interior and exterior with Steve's doors prior to joining Renan mm-hmm. a little over a year ago, working with their team. You know, we do barn doors. Our, our core commodity is sliding closet doors all the way back to the Stanley Monarch mirror days with Renan. And now we've added a lot more of some other decor items, you know, mirror products, backlit mirrors few small lighting categories, but really at the heart and soul of it were, you know, interior doors and kind of that niche category. That's great. And where do you sell? Because I was looking at your site, you sell everywhere from Home Depot, Lowe's, Costco. Yep. We sell all the core retail channels, all the core retailers, 
Home Depot, Lowe's, a little bit with Costco, but we also sell through the dealer distributor networks, you know, the Orgills, Ace. We have commercial accounts too, but that also we facilitate a lot of parts, whether it's bifold hardware kits or other fabrication materials to fabricators. So we also have those uh, manufacturers that buy parts from us that are producing other products as well. So we kind of cover the whole realm all the way to also just some pure e-commerce customers, you know, like Wayfair and, and others in the market. So that's what I really want to talk about is e-commerce because majority of your sales are made up via retail traditional channels. Is, is that correct? Yeah, no, the commodity is what drives the plants and production. You know, you need to have steady flow of what the contractors buy every day. They need four foot, five foot sliding closet doors. And that's what fills the shelves in the retail channel and production. So are you selling online on your own website? Or are you selling through partners like Wayfair? Like where, where's your online sales coming from? Through our partners. So I'd say, you know, the bulk of it is, you know, through the homedepot.com, lowes.com, you know, US, Canada. But we also have customers that we have with like Wayfair. We, we push more of our higher end decor products. Maybe they have a little more of our lighting and mirrors and we try to have strategies for each so that we're also not creating too many collisions, you know, because we also have strategies, you know, when you look at the retail strategy, the big piece that you hear dealing with big boxes have a interconnected strategy. They want you to connect from the store in the aisle to e-commerce, to special order custom, to their pro side of the business. So they want you to have strategies that bring that all together. That align with that. That's right. Right. So talk... Talk to our listeners a little about what does your strategy look like for testing products? Because I think that is really unique. It's most people think like, okay, there's demand happening online. Right. There's demand happening in store. I just want to sell as much of my product as possible. As part of your strategy is how do we understand where the industry is going from a design standpoint, style standpoint, to create new products aligned with people's, frankly, like the design taste that they have, right? Is that correct? Yeah, I'd say that's a big piece. I mean, we have... You know, our marketing team does lots of market research and customer focus groups, and we still mine all that data to be part of it. But my biggest takeaway is that e-commerce can be your best testing ground. That's our testing market to try new styles, new colors, finishes that you especially want to try to get that higher price point into a store and knowing it's not going to be right for every store, but you'll start to get data that says, wow, in this parts of the country, there is a big draw for this. And we think if you get a price point here, besides your commodity, you now have a higher margin to add to your mix in the store. Because the biggest thing is, you know, and I a lot of it from my Home Depot side dealing with suppliers is as much data as you can provide retailers and others, that's what's going to get you in there. They are data-driven. They're risk-averse to load piles of inventory into their DCs that then they got to fight with you to buy it back. If it's not successful, you're throwing markdown dollars at it. And look, not everything is going to succeed just based off, oh, we had a great thing online and we've looked at it and it's great, but you're going to have data points to drive decisions that we put this online the last four months. Here's what we're seeing. We really think we should grab some market gains here before others get it. That's a totally different scenario versus, oh, I feel like something is going to sell versus look how this is already sold. It's huge. I would always get with suppliers if they came in and said, oh, I feel, you know, our team looked at this. We feel this is going to be your next best thing. And I always told them, I don't, you know, buy off feelings. You know, that's, you know, something if I feel like I like that pair of shoes, then 
I might feel that way, but I said, when you deal in building materials, I said, there's very few people in the industry that are, uh, so I said, none of us are touchy feely guys. That's why you're in building materials industry. And it's data driven because at some point you are going to take the risk. So you know that anytime you add that product in, I mean, you're not always going to succeed. And my deal is I, you know, learned early on and a lot of it was coming up through the Home Depot ranks was, you know, you were taught because all the way down to store managers and below, like you ran that store. Mm. And so they always brought up people and trained you and, you know, their goal was you had the business acumen to take the risk going for the reward that if you had good sound business judgment behind that decision of why you brought that in, what you're doing, if it didn't succeed, then it didn't succeed. You're going to pivot, change direction. You know, as long as you could stand behind your decision, learn from it, move on. That's when you just brought in things and they said, well, you know, I was in a store and they said they sell a lot of green doors in this market. And the guy at the desk says, oh, you know, I sold a bunch of green doors. Could you bring it in here? And well, you know, you find out that, yes, he had one contractor that built four homes and he liked green doors. And then you're sitting on green doors (laughs) in the shelf for the next year. You know, That's a great example. So can you give us an example of an actual product that you're like, hey, I want to see if this sells well online to push it in store. Can you walk us through an actual door that you've seen this process work with or one of your products? Well, I think the biggest thing that we're able to monitor and look at that I've been, you know, in my time right now has been looking at more of the style color trends. So we've introduced some new bypass doors that give the barn door look without being a full barn door kit. So we have some doors that use our bypass hardware and can retrofit in a standard opening, give the appearance of it without having to spend a thousand dollars on a couple barn doors where you're spending, you know, two hundred, three hundred dollars and get the same appearance and look. I'm trying been trying to push the retailers and we should try this in some stores and we should look at some of these higher end. And there's been a lot of hesitation of, well, you know, customers come in and they want that $50 you know, starting price point door. So even if I bring it in a stock situation, all right, let's say you can get it to a $125 door. It's a big jump when you get that customer that's shopping, looking at $50, $60 doors to spend double that. So how'd you prove that out? Did you try to introduce it on a couple other retailers online? Yes. So we currently have a couple online tests going right now. I'm seeing pretty good success on a couple of the finishes. And we also use some of, you know, through Home Depot and Lowe's, there's different programs to participate with them to get more reviews. So we'll do their seeds program where you send out some product to some of their customer base to, you know, solicit reviews and feedback and utilizing some of that data to then take into our next meetings of, we've seen this work. We're doing a couple tests with some individual doors where we're saying, all right, you know, we've started to see this online. Give me 10 stores in this market and 10 in this market, and we'll put them in and test them in these higher demographic areas. So we've just started down some of that road and hopefully we'll get a few more pushed in there. But that's the key thing is doing a little bit of testing with that where you can say, I may not have all the answers, but here's where we're going to go and try. And so I'd say some of the results for us aren't fully in yet. We're kind of in that mode of mining how these are selling online, looking at that sales data. A lot of things, of course, have been pushed off uh, in the current situation of things that you might have been planning this first quarter and second quarter. And now, 
well, let's talk about in the third or fourth quarter. You know, things aren't to a halt, but nobody's looking to add product to their DCs right now. But yep. I've seen, I've seen, you know, in my previous role, probably a better example. So when I was with the Steve's Doors, we really had seen the market shifting, trying to figure out, all right, so how do, you know, six panel doors, they're going to sell no matter what. Contractors put those in all their home builds, the number one velocity. You know, what if we can try like a shaker style has been a popular movement. So can we get a five panel, you know, to capture some of that farmhouse country living look. And so we started an online test with some five panel doors, started to see success. And we took that to them. They gave us one market. So we'll go put that in Austin, a little bit higher demographic area. Let's see, put that in before we knew it was flying off the shelf, you know, and, and then all of a sudden we're in three markets testing. And then all of a sudden I look and I see, oh, wow. You know, you talk to the merchant. He said, hey, just letting you know, your competitor, we're going to be launching this in the Midwest. But this is now a category that we're going to go in. And it's in certain stores. So there might be three or four stores in the market that you can then put that higher price point in. And now you're really driving some of that volume. And and you're also still seeing the benefit is you still capture the online customer too, because there you go. The online customer is willing to pay more to get that door delivered to their house and not go into a Home Depot store. I love what you're saying there because you're basically double dipping. You're still making money. Right. Like you're still making money on those products, but you're basically saying, oh, well, does it perform enough where we could make an argument to get it in an actual store? What I want to know, Gus, is is there a benchmark metric point that you're saying we want to hit this amount? Maybe it's sales, maybe it's reviews, maybe it's some other metric to decide whether or not you bring that up to your retail partners to say, we think you should try. Is there some sort of number that you're aiming for or metric that feels like you've got enough confidence that it's going to sell well in store as well? Yeah, it's a combination of a few metrics. One of the top things is the customer reviews. So, you know, we'll mine data with Bizarre Voice and others and say, all right, here's, here's what we're seeing in, in the in the true feedback out there. And then we'll look at the sales data kind of by geographic location. So if I know that I have some markets I want to hit, am I selling this in the Northeast or in the Florida markets? I'm getting enough units where I think, what does that retailer want to generate? You'll have to talk to them different bays. They'll say, you know what? I want to generate $5,000 of sales out of this bay each week, each month. You try to figure out what they're looking for. And then you say, well, you back into a number for each of those categories that says, all right, I need to do that. But for me, my core prices, maybe it's a $60 door, an $80 door. Well, a lot of times you don't want to jump them more than 50% up in price range. So can I get it if I do stock mass production to a price point where it's a sell that I can bump them up another $50, $60 into that? And at that price point, does that generate me X per bay? So are you going to them saying, hey, in advance of even doing this online, are you going to them saying, hey, we want to try to bring a higher price point product or we're trying to bring product with a different you know, style to the table? Are you going to them saying that in advance of actually selling online? Like, are you doing that in advance of that before you even sell? Or is it like you're trying to basically hide that you're testing before you bring it to them? Is that right. part of your MO or no? Are you, are you pretty transparent? I'm usually pretty transparent, especially if it's something that we've been putting some time and effort and work into. But Mm -hmm. 
I'll usually tell them, hey, this is something we think you ought to do. And usually they're going to push, a lot of them will push you back now too. Anyway, so, well, give me some numbers or how it's selling online or in your special orders or other channels. But a lot of the successes we saw were just kind of happy surprises, I call them, from stuff that was online that we put out there to see. So you're looking at data no matter what. Right. So we're looking at it. So, you know, when we were at, at Steve's and others, like you look back six years ago, when barn doors were starting to take off, we were selling barn doors online. And all of a sudden we're getting so many orders. We're just truckload a week is going out. And so we were going to them and saying, we have to get this in the stores now. Like, first of all, we can't keep up with the demand of shipping these online. There's so much demand pent up here we need to put this in your stores and worked with them on strategies of these are your top selling finishes. This is your top door. We'll get retail packaging ramped up and ready. Let's put it in there. And then you're lucky when the build materials industry, when you hit some of those trends, we were lucky that we had already been online. We had been testing barn doors kind of before it really took off. And we're seeing kind of a more leveled out performance now, but You've got to be prepared for stuff like that when all of a sudden the numbers show you like, let's jump on this now because in build materials, those things don't come along too often. Like it's you gotta move quickly. You know, you wanna innovate and do stuff, but how do you you know, when you talk say doors, you know, well, there's only so much innovation you can do at a price point the average consumer can buy. There's always really neat, cool things that we're working on and developing. And there are going to be niche customers that will spend a fair amount of money on some really cool stuff, but you've got to be able to do some mass production if you're going to play with the big boys. Yep. Makes total sense. Well, Gus, this has been fascinating and, and super insightful. If I'm a manufacturer listening to this, what's the one piece of advice you would give me if I'm looking to employ a, a similar strategy or tactic? What would you tell me? I'd say have a strategy in mind when you're going to go into this, you know, with ours, it can get complex if you don't put a strategy around what you're trying to accomplish. Because when you start to say you want to launch a new door, you want to do some e-commerce testing and push things, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble with different customers you have. If you've been dedicating all your time and energy and you think this is the winner and I'm going to put this into Lowe's and all of a sudden you're seeing it really take off on some other e-commerce channel and you're not feeling it's going to go there, or you've launched a product that you're like, you want to have some strategy up front so that you're not tailoring something that's going to then end up getting you where, wow, that really should have been a retail channel in the stores item. You're not always going to get it right each time, but you know, there's different strategies you need to have, whether you're thinking, I'm going to hit multifamily and hospitality through the HD supplies of this world, or I have distributors, they're going to be able to just take off of these items. And then you know what? I have some retailers that have to have a rock bottom opening price point through this. And so I'd say, you know, have a strategy behind everything, you know, because you're going to get pushed from each of your customers. They're each, of course, your top customer, you know, and when you go meet with them, you know, I've been in all the meetings and the Home Depot guys will call you a Lowe's lover and Lowe's guys will be like, oh, what are you doing over there? So my commitment is always to each of them that you're going to have your own strategy. We're going to push you. We're going to leverage our company learnings across all those channels. But I'd say 
just be upfront with them and have strategies for each customer because you will get caught up if you're if you're trying to play both sides. Like be honest with them and and don't you know don't get caught up in just trying to please everybody. You have to have a strategy yeah. that pleases each customer. And if you step away, each customer has needs and customers and things they're strategizing for. So it's easy to to put that behind each one of them. You know, that's great. I don't know that I could. Go on and on. There's lots of stuff. It's, you know, just show value to, to your buyer and, and customers. Mm-hmm. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for you as industry experts to help lead them down the right path, you know. Smart. Well, Gus, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. If someone wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? I'd say the best way on LinkedIn. I'm out there under Gus Huffdilling. There's only one out there. There's only one? The one only. Only one, <laughs> only one out there on the LinkedIn with that long of a name. That's great. I'll make sure we link to that in the show notes as well. That's great. Uh, again, thank you for coming on the show. And if you want more great content like this, go to venvio.com slash podcast. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikola. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit venvio.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.